Welcome to another episode of BA Chats. I'm your host, Kevin Kuntz, and right next to me is the lovely Rachel Kuntz. Yes, I'll let <laughs> thank, you say it. <laughs> thank you for listening to Bethel Atlanta Chats. We're always so happy to have you guys. We always want to remind you, we do Bethel Atlanta Chats so we can share testimonies. Um, testimonies are, they're awesome. That's what they are. Yeah, and they, they are. are, we hope when we share testimonies in the Christian community, when we share testimonies of what Jesus is doing, it's very appropriate and awesome that our hearts jump yeah. and say, you do stuff like that? Great. Come and do that in my life. I would love all of your activity yeah. in me. And so, so we good. love to share the testimony. It actually means do it again, God. Do it again, God. So this is your invitation. And the second reason why we do BA Chats is, you know, we have got so many amazing people here at Bethel Atlanta in our culture. We have got so many people in our environment that just rock. And we, this is an opportunity for us, for Rachel and I, to interview and get the story behind some of the most amazing people. And you know what? Walking through church, you might not get to know that person. I mean, come on, five minutes on a Sunday, like how are you really going to get to know somebody? But here you get to hear the the people crack their life open and share their God story. And you guys, it is so inspirational. I feel like everybody in our environment is a revivalist. I really do. Mm. And so this is our opportunity to share their stories with you. And so that's why we, the other reason we do BA chats, because we have fantastic people in our, in our community. And so tonight, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? <laughs> it's the best. Like it just keeps getting better. We've got so. two guests that are returning this evening. Yeah. We have Mary Axness. Welcome Mary Axness that we Mary. love. Thank you. And Mary Beth Francis. Welcome Mary Beth Francis Hello. that we love. <laughs> Now, they have both been on before, and on your podcast, your previous podcast, you guys were in process of writing books. Both of these beautiful women have finished their books, and they are back on BA Chats this evening to tell us about the book. So we are going to talk about their creative process, the heart behind it. We're going to hear a little bit about the books. I'm just excited. I'm excited. Thank you. (laughs) We're so glad to have you. We're honored. Thank you. I'm honored. Oh, okay. Mary Beth Francis, tell us about your book. I'm going to let you intro your book. Okay. My book is called Becoming the Butterfly, and I wrote it about my grief process after losing two of my children. And my oldest daughter was stillborn four years ago, Opal Joy, and... Um, we have a rainbow baby who just turned three and, um, we lost another child through miscarriage this past summer. And so I, um, I wrote as a way of grieving and that was, um, just how I processed my pain and I figured out what I was feeling through writing and Mm. I figured out how good God is in the midst of pain through my writing. And so, you know, I didn't really write with the intention of publishing a book, but I just wrote because it was therapeutic and I needed to, and it was so good for me. And so, you know, a few years maybe into the process, because, you know, Opal passed away over four years ago, a little over four years ago. And so probably two or three years into the process, I started thinking, wow, like God has been so gracious to me in this process that I feel like it would be such a gift to be able to 
let people in really to those deep places in my heart so that they can have permission to feel those same things and, and let God into those places too. And so, you know, I just got my courage and put it on and decided to publish a book and, um, it was a great decision and I feel like it's really so far done exactly what my, I hoped that it would. And that is to give people a voice to what they've been feeling and help people understand themselves and feel heard and understood and loved and known and help them experience God and heal and all of those things. So, so so beautiful. You know, can I, can I ask you a question? I, I, sure. I know that, um, like recently for me mm-hmm. and I've been here for a little bit <laughs> on the planet that is, um, that I, I've, I've recently discovered like, like part of, part of being of like who I am. Like I've like, I've either a run from pain mm-hmm. or like press pain down because you're not Absolutely. supposed to experience that. Um, because you're right. a believer and everything that happens is a believer. It's, it's all good. And that, that pain, you're just, it's just you're supposed to ignore it. You're just supposed to go away. Right. And so I, I do want to ask you this question. When you said, uh, I mean, I heard you say that like pro- going through this process of your pain that you found out that was God was good. Right. Can you walk us through just a little bit about how that discovery process happened for you and what God was showing you yeah. in the midst of your pain? Yeah. So um, as I would write, I would... You know, I, I would, if you've ever grieved before, you know what those waves feel like. It's just, mm. it comes in and yeah. it's like, oh man, I think this is going to take me over. I'm yeah. just going to get out in the ocean, you know, yeah. and drown <laughs> in wow. this pain, yeah. you know. And, and you so can't as, always tell what's going to cause it. No. no. And you get triggered by the smallest things, yeah. random things, you know. And as those waves would come and they just, they're different every time. Sometimes it's in the form of a question and sometimes it's like this doubt or this, this fear, or sometimes it's just this like deep sorrow that you don't know how to get out of, you know? And as those things would come up and surface, I would, I would write and I would, I would express everything I was feeling And then I would just talk to God about it and I would, I would invite God in and I would just say, God, what do you have to say? And every single time it was like, I would start off writing and it would feel like the wave was going to consume me. And then I would finish writing and I felt peace and I felt Mm. like I can do this, you know, and it, the, sometimes the questions were still there and sometimes the pain was still there, but there was like this this very large amount of peace that that was bigger in me than the pain and it it felt like I had to write like I I had to feel what God had for me because it is too it's too painful the reason people hide from pain is because it's too much we were never meant to go through that kind of sorrow by ourselves we we were we have a carrier of our sorrows. Like that's what Jesus calls himself. He's the carrier of our sorrows. And so inviting him in is really, for me, it was the only way, the only way to, to get through 
those feelings because otherwise I was just stuck out in the ocean drowning, you know, and that was no fun. And I even, I think I said this in the book. I know I've said this out loud before, but, um, you know, grieving with God is hard, but grieving without God is so lonely. It's just a very lonely place to be and it's overwhelming and it's just worth it to invite him in, you know, instead of pointing fingers at him and accusing him and pushing him away. And, um, that's tempting, you know, because we all as humans have those innate questions when, when we go through pain, those questions of like, where were you? (laughs) What were you doing when I was experiencing this thing? Like, did you forget about me? You know? And, and just, it's, Every, every person asks them and some people express it out loud and some people just wrestle in inside with those questions and it's worth go going through those questions with God and as, as a son or a daughter, instead of with your finger pointed at him, accusing him, going through those things like with him as, as he like he's our father in those things like he's our carrier he's our burden bearer you know yeah. he doesn't leave us to to suffer by ourselves so would you say in that experience that you asked the question and on the other side of the question there was a good answer yes and sometimes it felt like there wasn't an answer yeah. I, there was one time i um I was reading through the book of John and in John, I believe it's 13, 14 and 15 when Jesus is talking to his disciples before he goes to the cross and he's saying, um, you know, it's the last supper. He's saying all this wonderful stuff. It's some of my favorite scripture in the whole Bible. So rich. And, um, three different times he says, ask me for anything and I'll do it for you. And I remember reading that and just wrestling really wrestling and I had never really wrestled that way with God before and it wasn't accusatory necessarily I think it was just like just coming to him and being like we did we did ask and I don't understand like we had multiple people asking it wasn't just us it was a multitude of people praying for the resurrection of our daughter And that didn't happen. You know, it's not like we were asking for like money or, you know, something silly. It was like we were asking for like who Jesus is, resurrection, you know, to happen in our daughter's life. And to this day, I don't understand. Like, I don't I don't have like super clear cut answers. I do know that like he he's the resurrection no matter what my circumstances look like. And, and my daughter and my, my other child, they are living resurrected lives. Like they're completely whole and in their risen state. And so, and so we didn't experience what we wanted, like the resurrection we wanted, but we like, he's, his truth is the truth, you know, no matter what my pain feels like and no matter what my circumstance looks like. And so, but I was just wrestling with the, I mean, it was just hard. It was like, yeah. I'm reading this and my experience is this and it doesn't match and I don't know what to do with it, you know? And it was a really, it, 
and it felt that was the loneliest part of my grieving process because it felt like I wasn't completely like with God. Like I felt like Mm. hurt by him, you know, and even though it wasn't his fault, you know, Mm. I was just, I was feeling that deep stuff, you know? And I remember about three weeks into my process with this wrestling, I was just sitting on my, in my living room and I don't even know what I was asking him, but I was praying and I, I feel like all of a sudden I looked over and in my living room, I saw Jesus on his knees weeping, weeping. And that moment has, has totally transformed me because I still have the question, like I still don't have the, the answer, but I have the presence of a living God who doesn't leave me alone in my process. Mm. And, and I don't know any other God that would do that. I don't know any other God that would come into your living room weeping with you in this place where it's, it's almost like, and I don't feel like I was accusing him, but it, it was as close as accusing as I, I have ever done with God, you know? So, so yes, I did feel like there were answers that came. Like I would come with questions and leave with answers, but sometimes there weren't answers. Sometimes it was just the presence of God or just peace or his good. I just knew he was good, you know? Yeah. That's so beautiful. Thanks for sharing. Thank you. Okay, I want to, we're going to come back to you, and I can't wait to hear some of the stories that are coming from your book. Would you like to share some of those a little bit? Sure, absolutely. Okay, so great. Okay. All right, Mary Axness that I love, how are you? I'm great. Um, this is awesome to Isn't hear. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. It's so beautiful. I'm so excited. I genuinely cannot wait, wait to read Becoming the Butterfly. Mary Beth Francis. This That's is me. so interesting because... The outcome of my book is also out of a death of my mother. Wow, Mary, and tell us about this. We didn't talk about this. Oh, really? Wow. No, yeah. you guys are just meeting. <laughs> I, didn't, I, don't, I didn't know <laughs> that. Awesome. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and this is, I was just sitting here and said, oh, my goodness. Wow. God knows what he's doing. He's putting this together to tell us and teach us more about healthy grieving. Wow. Yes. Wow. Because it really is just a part We're of not life. denying it. Right. right. Yeah. This is the very real of our walk with God. Yeah. And I'm listening and I go, oh my gosh. So thank you for sharing. Oh, it's beautiful. All right, Mary Axness, tell us about the journey of my China vase. Look at this. This is a children's book. I just love children's books. And, and, and all children's ministers go, yes, another children's book. Oh, I just love them. I love them. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Um, I was mentioning about, you know, out of death there is life, really. And this book was dedicated to my mother who died less than a year ago. Your mom did? Yes. Wow, Mary. And she was just a month short of 90 years old. So I dedicated this book to my mother who recently took the courageous step into heaven. She was my spiritual daughter. 
And your uh, mother, you led your mother to the Lord, yes. Mary. Seriously, I shared with you guys that I was the first in the family. <laughs> right. You weren't kidding. Yeah, the you first were. in the family. Yeah. And um, she talks about Jesus as if though that's her best friend. So I said, "Thank you, Mother, for a legacy of unusual, sacrificial love." 89 years of the most delightful childlike faith, which I inherited from her, (laughs) (laughs) that she was my gentle giant and the most gracious inspiration. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, I love it. It was my grieving, and I walked pretty much the steps. Now, for me, because she's lived a ripe old age, um... I didn't ask God, you know, why. I just said, who would this be for? And sure enough, because I journal, and I'm also the type that, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, I'll write them down. And this was one of the journal that was eight years ago. And finally, I realized... This story? Yes. Oh, Mary. Yeah, I didn't publish it, but it's in my journal. So I was telling this story to my grandchildren. This is how you came about. And then you all know my, my grandkids were coming to church. They were visiting uh, this last October. And so they said, tell us the story again. And of course, all of a sudden, I was going to write anyway, and I had promised that I was going to write. So it wasn't this book I was writing. And then because of them pulling, Grandma, tell us this story about the China vase. Because mm-hmm. they see it in the living room, the real China vase. Okay. So, of course, the story came out, and my daughter-in-law said, Mima, just write. Wow. And that's what happened. Wow. Yeah. And within two months, it's done, and uh, I had a great learning curve. On publishing a children's book, <laughs> which we do want to hear all of those details. I especially want to hear all of those details for all <laughs> really? the personal reasons, Mary. What is the story about? Yeah, the story is really about dreaming with God. Oh, since Bethel is known for dreams. Now, when I had my dream, I was not here. That was like I said eight years ago, but this dream took place inside China when we were missionaries. And when you're serving people and at night, you start saying, well, God, I'm doing what you want me to do, but can you do something for me? (laughs) And that night I had a dream. And so I'll just read a page of this. Mary was a missionary lady who served in hospitals within China. She had been thinking about how she was missing her grown children who lived in America. Lately, she had been wondering if her married children will soon have children of their own because she was longing to have grandchildren. And that night, she dreamt about happy babies. And in the (laughs) book, you see all these happy babies. (laughs) They're so cute. Look at the babies. So you had a dream. This is an actual story about a dream that you had. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, please. Okay. Well, the next day she went shopping with her cousin and wanted to purchase 
some vase as a decoration for her apartment, her home inside China. At one store, Mary was attracted to an unusually colorful China vase. She noticed it was painted full of happy children who were very busy playing. She brought the vase back to her apartment and enjoyed just looking and staring at the many playful little children, having lots of fun, <laughs> reminding her of her fondest memories when her children was little. Okay, so this is the start of the book. That is it. Okay, gosh, should we go ahead and, I mean, we're going to tell you how to get hold of the book, but do you want to finish the story? <laughs> or may, maybe like give no, a quick summary yeah, of, this, of the book, like a quick summary of the book. Yeah, that'd be good. Good. Well, she was staring at the vase. After the dream, she noticed that she wants that kind of babies. And she got within about 48 hours, she got a phone call from her son in America who's been married almost two years, and said, are you sitting down? And instantly, I knew. And I dropped the phone, <laughs> ran upstairs, woke up my husband. I said, some good news is coming. <laughs> and then I almost fell down the stairs, then realized <laughs> I left the phone, long-distance call. Long-distance call. <laughs> and so that was the excitement, and then came the babies oh Mary. Wow. So this not is one but two a couple years later so this is the story of your family i love this and it's you had a dream personal, about them before yeah. family legacy mary a, i did not realize yeah. that this is what was going on in your beautiful book so this is all you, you guys mary and talk about grief and i just want to dovetail with what you're saying <clears throat> When I realized I was walking through all that, uh, suddenly the tears will come, the meltdown will come. But I knew I was going to get through it. For crying out loud, your mother's in heaven, so what's going on? <laughs> but at the same time, I recognize I have to walk through it. Yeah. And of course, I heard people say, the shadow of the valley. And then I kept saying, I'm not in the valley. Why is it feeling like this? I've never experienced an actual death, you know, with in immediate family members. But I can really identify with what you're saying, Mary Beth, that you don't know where that emotion come from, yeah. but it's just starting to rise up and bless my husband <laughs> and my family. I would scream and say, here it comes, here it comes. <laughs> Would you really? <laughs> yes, I could tell. And That's amazing self-awareness, wow. Mary. It just pour like the dam broke. And then they would have held on to me. My husband would just drop everything and hold me really tight. And then i go, oh, like one minute of major shower that I've never experienced before. And this is how you were grieving your mom. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So... It was something I've never experienced before. Yeah. I can really tell that when you are willing to, to walk that through, it's really a shadow. Mm -hmm. I'm not in the valley. It's the shadow that's passing. And literally, as soon as that gets done, five minutes or two minutes, <sighs> yeah. sunshine. And my husband says, she's fine now. Wow. 
So people <laughs> grieve differently is what I just heard you say. Yeah. Grief is just, I mean, so you just hear the Lord through it. I know I lost my parents um, recently, my mother in 16 and my dad in 14. Neither one of them were expected, Mm -hmm. especially, well, neither one of them were expected, but my mom, it was just really not expected. And we were believing for healing. She was believing for healing. Just that that tragic um, being stolen from story. And the morning that that she passed away, I I had just been home. So I did get to see her literally in her last 24 hours. And I had uh, come home, and she passed. Wow. We weren't expecting that. And I put the phone down, and I, I remember saying clearly to the Lord, what do I do now? I don't know what to do now. I just, I, somehow I'm just not prepared, even though she had been sick for six months. And but we had seen so many miracles, and Mom had seen so many miracles. It literally had just not crossed my mind that she was going to die. Right. We just weren't expecting it. And I heard him so clearly. He said quite a bunch. A lot, but one of the things that stuck with me the most that I'm still navigating—it's been, you know, six, uh, four years, four years—is he told me clearly, "You talk about her anytime that you want to. Wow. Anytime you get a story, anytime it has nothing to do with the people around you. Don't worry about them. It has nothing. Don't don't think about uh, is this appropriate? I don't know. I mean, they didn't know my mom. He was like, anytime you want to talk about her, you talk about her. Wow. And it has served me so. Well, I mean, you know, because everything's, oh, well, she loved that. And, oh, we did this together. And, oh, and it has been the most freeing thing to just, I literally have not cared. And that beautiful, Mary was talking earlier about the healthy not care. I'm like, I don't care. Listen or don't listen. I'm telling a story. You know, I I have a word, you know, and it has served me so beautifully. It's it's been a help, huge help. That's so So, good. Well, I think it's just the hearing the Lord. Mary Beth, would you... Would you agree? Right. Yeah. I think, I think just to affirm what you said, like everybody grieves so differently and it's just so important to know yourself and know what you need and to, to know when those waves are coming and, and you get to know yourself a little bit better when you're, when you're grieving. And it's just, even, you know, my husband and I experienced the same thing, the, the death of our children, but we grieved those things totally differently. And, and there were times that he and I were on the same page. We were feeling the same emotions at the same time. And then there were times that he needed more time and I needed right then to address what I was feeling. And so just giving each other grace, you know, and to, to experience how, however you, you grieve best. And, and I think, I think it's tempting to tell people, you know, I know exactly how you feel. Yeah. I know exactly how you feel. And, and I think what we're trying to say is I understand what pain feels Perfect. like. Thanks, yeah. Yeah. That's safe. You know, yeah. that's helpful. It, really it's, that's, that's what we're trying to say. And that's what I hear when people are yeah. saying that to me, that's, that's, you know, giving people grace when they yeah. say things like that, but we don't know exactly what anybody is going through. Yeah. Even my husband, even yeah. the person I know the best there, there's things that we just grieve so differently and that's okay and that's healthy. And so even if somebody experienced a stillbirth like us or a miscarriage like us, there's just no way for me to understand totally what they've been through because their whole life experience and everything, it's, yeah. it's all, it's all different and it's okay to, it, it's, it's unique because 
it is it's like a club like the grief club you know like yeah. we we do get it in a way like we understand one another and have more compassion for each other because we've been through something terrible and we can really love each other well through those moments but there's no way to know exactly how somebody's feeling yeah. i think that's wisdom i think that's super helpful that is so true because i couldn't stand someone coming up to me and say well you of all people should be so happy your mom is wow. in heaven that was the most insensitive thing <laughs> i needed <laughs> to cry that, Mary. Yeah. yeah i needed to go through that intensity to go so deep down to pull that stuff out whatever you know you call it and i believe to be healthy as an individual, which my mom wants me to live healthy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, to be able to walk this experience out and the intensity got less and less mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. less. Now, not I don't talk about it too much. I just said, go buy my book. <laughs> 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 you know, as Mary Beth, you can do that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, I don't think they are insensitive. They're just ignorant. The good thing that came out of that at church, uh, I have at school since I'm an intern this year, I have more than one person came up in my age with the same situation, but the person, the loved ones, is distance, whether it's illness or whatever, could not be closely held or that kind of situation the only thing I did was just held her and let her cry wow. mm. and so I just feel like to say to people who are listening just hug the person and mm. let them express don't tell them things that you have not walked through that's good Mary. and even if you have walked through as you all said everybody experienced differently who am I to tell someone how you should walk it out? Yeah. It just calls for lots of room. Like everybody needs exactly. room to grieve when the ultimate, it is the ultimate comfort that we know that they're there, that they're there. Mm -hmm. And the comforter is here. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that big hug means a lot to this other couple of women. Why they seek me out, they didn't even know. <laughs> but the fact is, God knows. Yeah. And I'm just so grateful that I'm not stuck. Me too. Guys, okay, so I'm a little bit in awe. I mean, I feel like we should have been better prepared. But we literally no. have a book, Becoming the Butterfly, that is about um, grieving little people and how it was your your health. I mean, like you, you are refinding yourself, connecting with the Lord through a hard thing, having little Osh right in the middle. Mm -hmm. And then, Mary, this is a book, a children's book, about you having grandbabies, you had a dream about them before dedicated to your mother that you just lost, right? which we, we didn't plan. So yeah. I just have we to like draw that no. out. <laughs> That's, I'm just slowly realizing that as we're talking. That's super cool. Good for us. We did that. Yeah. It wasn't us at yeah. all. <laughs> Holy Spirit high five right there. Holy Spirit high five. <laughs> okay. Let me ask some questions really quick. Mary yeah. Axness. So this is Mary Axness, The Journey of My China Vase. Talk to us about the illustrations. And then Mary Beth, I want to hear about yours okay. too. Who did these? Um, 
somebody gave me a children's book a long time ago, and I found that person, and the person recommended another person. It didn't work out. It was a trial and error. Illustration is a whole different thing. Okay. Uh, so I learned a lot through the process. But this gal was amazing. I prayed for her. I even tell her I'm praying for her. And she come up with the illustration that is so perfect, I didn't want to change a thing. It looks like you guys. And it made the process so well done. Now, I have heard that it's not always like that um, because I made a lot of mistakes. Well, Nobody first really book. knows. <laughs> <laughs> first book, I yes. mean, you're bound yeah. to. Yeah. Okay. So you had somebody else to illustrate. I really like them. They're great. Thank you. Yeah, and for people that want to do children's book, it's a process. Okay, good to know. With illustration. Okay, good to know. All right, Mary Beth, the cover. Did yes. you do this? I did not. Okay. I wish I could paint like that. It's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. My my good friend Amy did that and I did love it. an excellent job. She captured an image that I've had in my head of Opal running through heaven in a field of wildflowers chasing butterflies. Wow. And so this is this is something that's just been in my head for a long time, and I just described it in detail to her. So when I first got her first, <laughs> um, what do you call that? Like a first rendering or draft, right? Or, her first draft back. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh! Like it really took my breath away mm. that like what had been in my head was now in front of me. You know, then so she's got long brown hair like you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. I noticed that your Kyle wrote the foreword. He did. He did a great job, too. That's wonderful. So, you guys, this is this is a work, both this of you. our thing. Beautiful. <laughs> I cannot wait to read it. Okay, Thank did you, you self-publish? I did, through Amazon, through KDP. You did, too, Mary Access? Same here, yeah. Okay, so let's hear it's a learning. little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let's hear a little bit, Mary Beth, from you. How has that process been, self-publishing through Amazon? <laughs> It's been it's been good. I feel like um, it's it's a good route to go for a first time author because I think with some I, I don't know exactly how it works with all publishing companies, but okay. with some um, you have to purchase several books at at the very first mm-hmm. and and sell them, and that's a, a big cost. And I didn't know if I was gonna I didn't know how many books I was gonna sell. It was my <laughs> first book, you know, and so I. I was like, this this feels like a safer route. Like they, they print to order. And so yeah. it felt like a um, more economical sure, way to go about it. And um, yeah, it's been a pretty good process. Great. Would you recommend it to folks that I are? I would. Okay. I would. Okay. Yeah. And, and KDP, there were several questions that I had that I was asked. I was asking the wrong person. There's just so much that I... As a rookie, you just have no idea totally. who to ask what to. And so that. there were so many things that I discovered after the fact that were already lined out in detail on KDP's website. And I was just looking in the wrong direction. And so everything, they, they, they're they very good at at telling you exactly. Good to know. Exactly how to do things. If you have a question, you can just... KDP oh, is awesome. a publishing company within Amazon? Right. Great. Kindle Direct Publishing. Kindle Direct. Okay. It used to be Create KDP. Space. Okay. Okay. Right. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mary, you too? Or what do you say? Uh, same here. Okay. Uh, 
The only thing different with a children's book is the major difficulty I had was the size of the book mm. and the color. As you both knew, I gave you the first copy. It was kind of ruined because they, the picture turned out black and white. <laughs> wow. And I was like in shock. So I gave those away. <laughs> 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 and trying to correct something took a long time. Okay. Yeah, sure. Now, I also made a mistake of because my grandchildren were there at Christmas and I launched it right before Christmas. Oh. <laughs> that was not wise. Yeah. So. Was it because everything was just so busy and. Well, they, they, they couldn't get back to me. Oh, wow. To correct. And then it just one button. So you have to be really careful when you push that button, launch. You know? Once you push the button. Yeah. But it's a very good experience. Okay. I mean, I'm a grandmother. I'm really not very tech savvy. And my husband looked at me and said, you pushed the button? And I said, I did. And of course, we got a black and white instead of a colorful children's book. Oh, it's so good. So we had a lot of laugh, but the joy, <laughs> the best so joy great. out of it was our granddaughter, who's seven. Like I said, that this happened almost eight years ago. She read the book. She said, I know the story. I want to help you um, promote this book. She's going to do something about it. But the thing was, she said, I am in God's dream, and I'm in my grandmother's dream, and I'm also in Tai Papa, who's my mother. She's Thai we're talking Papa. about we're talking about generational blessing. Wow. And after the book published, she asked to have the rough draft as for her as something to keep. She said, "I don't want these other books." I want the rough draft. Oh, the one that's that awesome. you actually wrote yeah. with your and, hands. Right. And she's only seven. When I was doing the rough draft, I was doing the matching pages, the illustration. That's the tough part. So they would turn the page for me and then learn to put it together for me. But out of it, she said, today, which was like right after Christmas, Today, I want Jesus in. And she rubbed her chest in tears. She said, I want it today. <laughs> Mary. So she said, I want it. I want him in me. <laughs> and, and it was such wow. a, a blessing that did now you, three generations. Did you get to lead her to the Lord that day? I tried, but <laughs> I wanted my Son oh, and daughter-in-law to do it, and they were checking to see if she was just doing it to please me. Oh. And she was so insis insistent that she said, I have to do it. I want it today. Wow. So wow. they talked, and we talked, and of course, hands off from Grandma, and they talked till 10 p.m. Wow. Just explaining through the gospel yeah, and, and salvation. Is, yeah, don't push your brother, who's younger, into it, too. So, <laughs> because she has a way of doing it she, to her little brother. You she's know? an evangelist, huh? We, I know big <laughs> sisters. I, have, I, I know. I have to say, because they're visiting Bethel, the tent 
all the things that are just so different than <laughs> a traditional church. Yeah. You have no idea, you two, whatever is being taught here, they act it out at home. Wow. That is so cute. Wow. Yeah, they act it oh, out at good. home. Good, that's the goal. And in fact, the younger one, one time we were talking loudly, and she's, he said, shh, everyone, it's all about Jesus anyway. <laughs> wow. <laughs> And so you have no idea how you impress little minds. Oh, so so I did this just to honor the our church that carry dreaming and for legacy of generational blessing. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Mary, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. So Mary Beth. Mm-hmm. I noticed that you marked a couple of pages in your yeah, book like there. Yeah, like four things I can't decide. Like maybe, okay, so I'm, I'm going to give you a little stall time to find one. I, I know. And I'm super I duper ec- excited about you well, like she got it. She got taking it. a little excerpt from your book and reading it uh, to the audience just as a little teaser. But you know what? While you were looking that up, I did want to say this is so interesting. You guys, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten authors wow. in our body mm-hmm. that have wow. published Amazing. books. That's a unique thing about That's our body. That's amazing. Well. Yeah. We're a creative group of folks. That is supernatural. We do some outreach now. I we mean, really do. Know, I yeah. mean, just um, yeah. not, I mean, people walking through process or, you know, of, of yeah. their own, like just owning their own story and um, to see these things written down on paper to be, you know, to be given as a gift or to be given... You know, as a, this is my, I mean, literally, I would not have, you know, people will pick up your book and they'll go, I did not know what to do until I read your book. It wow. literally will happen. Wow. Yeah, yes. And so, uh, so to see these kind of things happen and to see that coming out of our Bethel culture, to coming out of our church body, I'm just so grateful. So, um, yeah, you're be among the many. So I'd love to hear what you have there. Yeah. So, I'm excited. Um, so the experience I shared earlier about Jesus in my room, mm. in my living room, that's in my book, and I was thinking about reading that, but I'm not going to read that because I've already told that story. So <laughs> I... Okay, okay. <laughs> I am going... So the, the way that my book is laid out is it has, you know, my, my, my journal entries from, like, chronologically laid out throughout the book. And so I introduce the, the journal entry, and then I... Then I the journal entry in there and then I I include some questions for the reader some mm-hmm. thoughts towards the end wow. so that's kind of how it's laid out so this particular um, part is called unshakable foundation mm-hmm. and it was written on September 28th 2018 which that was after we that was uh, Asha was one and a half okay. then <sighs> okay Sometimes I find myself singing some of my favorite children's church classics to Asha, one of which is The Wise Man Built His House Upon the Rock. (laughs) The song retells a parable that Jesus once told his followers. Everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life can be compared to a wise man who built his house on an unshakable foundation. When the rains fell and the flood came with fierce winds beating upon his house, It stood firm because of its strong foundation, but everyone who hears my teaching and does not apply it to his life can be compared to a foolish man who built his house on sand. When it rained and rained and the flood came, with wind and waves beating upon his house, it collapsed and was swept away. Matthew 7, 24 through 27. This story has sharpened me while grieving Opal. 
Though it is tempting to place my faith in God's ability to save me from the difficulties of this life, I see here that the rain, wind, and flood came upon both the wise and foolish alike. It seems that no one is exempt from the storms of life. There is no doubt that God can and does save me from more than I will ever know, and I have benefited greatly from my faith in him. However, my hope and security lies not in being free from hardship, but in the truth of who Jesus is as my foundation. My faith would be unstable if it is only in how God can make my life better and easier. Instead, I will build the home of my heart on the foundation of who God is, so that I will remain unshaken no matter what life has to offer. In her book, Mending Tomorrow, Alyssa Kilala, who is Chris Kilala's wife, and they lost a son at eight months gestation. And she wrote a book about her loss, too, which Mm -hmm. is really good. So um, in her book, she talks about her experience of losing her son, Jet, at eight months gestation. She begins her book by saying, Life's questions become particularly poignant and powerful when we experience pain and loss. When things are taken from us or done to us without our permission or control, it's tempting to get stuck in our questions. We can obsess over the whys and the would-haves for a long time and avoid coming to terms with the questions that actually matter. What am I going to do? How am I going Mm. to respond to this? Those questions changed my life, by the way. What am I going to do and how am I going to respond to this? Yes. And it turns it from being a victim into being a powerful person like Mm, I'm going to grieve powerfully and I'm going to I'm not going to be a victim to my pain I'm going to be wow powerful as I address this so So I just I'm I kind of just said this but I wrote this too I said (laughs) (laughs) I get it instead of going through the rest of my life as a victim of my painful loss I want to respond as an overcomer and let the wave that was meant to destroy me lift me higher When this life is all said and done and I am standing before my creator and savior, I will not come with excuses. My Mm. pain will not come between us. Living my life intimately joined to his will be all that matters. No matter what winds and rains come my way in this temporary life, I know I will be okay because I am rooted in the one who walks on waves and can sleep through a storm. He will remain my unshakable foundation for all of eternity. That is beautiful. Thank you. So I wrote that because I feel like people's pain comes between them and God. And we're going to stand before him one day. And I don't want anything to come between me and him. Like, I want it to be me and him, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I just wanted to encourage people um, to, to, to not let that pain be a barrier. So pain doesn't come in between the Lord and us, but it's an invitation yeah. for him to walk, for us to walk through yes. it together. Yes, and I even, um, one of my mentors, uh, Candy Heyman, said to me, grief is a gift from the Lord to help you heal. And that's really ministered to me because it's like he gives us this, this grief so that our, we can heal through the pain. So, um, seeing it as a, as a gift, as a way, as an invitation to invite God in and heal with him is, um, better than being a victim. Well, I love, thank you for, I love that language that you don't have to be a victim to your pain or Mm -hmm. victim to things that happen to you. Wow. Right. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. 
Okay, that is Becoming the Butterfly by Mary Francis Ford, written by Kyle Francis, her precious yes. husband. Where can people get hold yeah. of Becoming the Butterfly? Amazon.com. Okay. Yes. So just type in Becoming the Butterfly. Becoming the Butterfly, Mary up. Beth Francis. Awesome. And Mary Beth is spelled with an I. And it's uh, one word. Mary Beth. There All you right. go. Okay. And Mary, how do people get a hold of your book? Amazon? Same The way? same. Amazon.com. And... Uh, the journey the, of my of my China vase. Yes, yes. Uh, just children's book. The journey in, in the of my book. China vase. Yeah. The journey of my China vase. I love these illustrations. I cannot wait for you guys to see them. Real quick, Mary, access about you. I'm looking at the pictures here. Were you? Did you? Did they bring the babies to you in China, or did you come over to America to meet these babies? The first baby. Uh, as missionary, we were going in and out. So. While we were there, they came, they came and visit and brought the babies. They were literally exactly mm-hmm. that age, and so they had an impression of traveling China airplane. They loved it, and so being I married an American, I'm Asian, and the the vase on the front of the cover. This is very politically correct. <laughs> it is, huh? <laughs> With a China flag and an American flag. It's both. Yeah. So wow. it's about knitting different countries together. Um, it's beautiful. Your son was uh, born in America. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. So Mary Axness, The Journey of My China Vase. Children's book, Amazon.com. Yes. Pick it up there. Ladies. Wow. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks I'm so, much so pleased and happy that you guys came and how well this has worked out and how beautifully yeah. it's been. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, guys. So we're going to give you guys just a few minutes. I guess this very um, last moment here, we're going to just open it up. If the Lord has given you guys any any like prophetic words or words of knowledge, um, that you want to minister, we'd love for you to do that. But if any of this has ministered to you tonight or you're, you're listening and you're thinking, uh, oh my gosh, and you're hearing this and like, oh my gosh, I need not just the resource, but this is my story. I really like to tell my story or I have something that's very similar and love to sh- uh, we would love to hear from you. So you can email us at bhchats at bethelatlanta.com, bhchats at bethelatlanta.com. We would love to hear from you and love to hear the testimony that God is doing in your life as well. So bhchats at bethelatlanta.com, email us today. We'd love to hear from you. So you precious people hearing anything, anything you would like to release or yeah. words of knowledge, you're always more than welcome to share. We'd love to open that up for you guys. I can go. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Um, so uh, as soon as you said that, I closed my eyes and I saw, it's interesting because uh, Mary Axness's book is about a vase. And I saw a picture of a, a vase that had been broken in half. And that verse came to mind. Um, I don't know where it's from. You guys might know, but. Um, it says, like clay in the hands of a potter, so are you in my hands, or so am I in your hands? I don't know exactly Beautiful. how it's worded. Um, and so I would love to just pray for um, people who who feel like they are um, broken pottery, that they're um, 
that, that there's been brokenness in their life. And, um, yeah, I, I just, I just pray that, that you would allow God to hold you and mold you and mend you Mm -hmm. and comfort you and make you whole again and to, um, be a good father, um, in your process. And so Mm -hmm. I just release wholeness Mm -hmm. and I just pray, I just bless every single person who's experiencing any amount of brokenness that you would allow God to make you whole. So I just pray wholeness, wholeness, wholeness in Jesus name. Um, My message, I would say journal because I realized just tonight that we it came out of journaling. Mm-hmm. That God's in it. Look wow. at the Bible is his journal for us. Um, to to experience pain, I can assure you my son and children, they were not always with me. Mm. They've been away from me. And Yearning for grandchildren is also yearning for your children to come home. Mm. To believe for legacy blessing, I believe this book gives a glimmer of hope that nothing is impossible with God. And in the valley or going walking through the shadow of the valley, when you are willing to allow that pain to mature you, I'm thinking of the scripture, I think is in John right now, that God nurtures us in John 14, I think it's either 11 or 12 verse. He is our nurturement. Mm. He empowers his loved ones. As long as we're willing and open to listen, he can make something beautiful like a book. Mm. And it's always not just for me, but it's for someone else that he can use the story, the book, the experience to empower others. So I feel like if you have children that are away or grandchildren that they're not always there with you, look at what God did. It's more precious than, not that I don't want them here, that, that they have great relationship and they know that they carry the freedom as well as the high responsibility of walking out blessed generations. Mm. Oh, so good. And I think our church represent that. I do too. Dreaming yeah. and mm. thinking about future generation, not just about me, mine, and I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just bless everybody that get a copy. Please mm-hmm. give your review. Generously, <laughs> oh good, amen. Okay, yes. both amen. of you review that bad boy. Huh? Yes. Okay. <laughs> read or order, read, review. Amen. Do it again. Yes. <laughs> Rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mary Axness, yes, Mary, Mary Beth yeah, Francis, thank you. thank you so much. We really appreciate you, girls. Yeah. Thank you. Really good. You getting anything? Did um, you get? No, I'm good. Do you have something? You know, I did hear one thing. Just when you were talking about. Um, uh, the broken clay, and I, I, I just heard this. What does what does broken clay need to mend? Two things: it needs heat, so the warmth of people, and it needs water. 
Mm-hmm. And I felt like um, what I felt like the Lord was saying is that um, mm-hmm. that if you are in a dry place and you're and you're hurting, um, draw near to the yes. Father and draw near to relationship with somebody that you can trust, and then get into let Him wash you with the water of His Word. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. So just get into the, get into the presence of people that you know trust, and then let Him ro- wash you with the water of the Word. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. So thank you, thank you, thank you, girls, again. Thank you so much for listening to BA Chats. We're always happy to have you guys. You remember that Jesus loves you. And we love you, too.